Our reading this evening is Daniel chapter 8. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after that which appeared to me at the first. And I saw in the vision, and when I saw, I was in Susa the citadel, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision, and I was at the Ulai Canal. I raised my eyes and saw, and behold, a ram standing on the bank of the canal. It had two horns, and both horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher one came up last. I saw the ram charging westward and northward and southward. No beast could stand before him, and there was no one who could rescue from his power. He did as he pleased and became great. As I was considering, behold, a male goat came from the west across the face of the whole earth without touching the ground. And the goat had a conspicuous horn between his eyes. He came to the ram with the two horns, which I had seen standing on the bank of the canal, and he ran at him in his powerful wrath. I saw him come close to the ram, and he was enraged against him and struck the ram and broke his two horns. And the ram had no power to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground and trampled on him, and there was no one who could rescue the ram from his power. Then the goat became exceedingly great, but when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and instead of it there came up four conspicuous horns toward the four winds of heaven. Out of one of them came a little horn which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. It grew great even to the host of heaven, and some of the host and some of the stars it threw down to the ground and trampled on them. It became great, even as great as the prince of the host. And the regular burnt offering was taken away from him, and the place of his sanctuary was overthrown. And a host will be given over to it together with the regular burnt offering because of transgression. And it will throw truth to the ground, and it will act and prosper. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to the one who spoke, For how long is the vision concerning the regular burnt offering, the transgression that makes desolate, and the giving over of the sanctuary and host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For two thousand three hundred evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary shall be restored to its rightful state. When I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it. And behold, there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Ulai, and it called... Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was frightened and fell on my face. But he said to me, Understand, O son of man, that the vision is for the time of the end. And when he had spoken to me, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. But he touched me and made me stand up. He said, Behold, I will make known to you what shall be at the latter end of the indignation, for it refers to the appointed time of the end. As for the ram that you saw with the two horns, these are the kings of Media and Persia. And the goat is the king of Greece. And the great horn between his eyes is the first king. As for the horn that was broken, in place of which four others arose, four kingdoms shall arise from his nation, but not with his power. And at the latter end of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their limit, a king of bold face, one who understands riddles, shall arise. His power shall be great, but not by his own power. 
and he shall cause fearful destruction and shall succeed in what he does and destroy mighty men and the people who are the saints. By his cunning, he shall make deceit prosper under his hand and in his own mind, he shall become great. Without warning, he shall destroy many and he shall even rise up against the prince of princes and he shall be broken, but by no human hand. The vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true, but seal up the vision for it refers to many days from now. And I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for some days. Then I arose and went about the king's business, but I was appalled by the vision and did not understand it. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen again to what we recited from Psalm 33, a couple of passages that are really helpful in understanding what's going on in Daniel chapter 8. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth, he who fashions the heart of all of them and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might, it cannot rescue. The army, the might of the king, the war horse, the soldiers, the weapons, the power, they are all a fraudulent thing. That's not what people thought in the ancient world as they looked at these massive, mighty kingdoms that ruled the Babylonians who were this great and massive kingdom, going around and conquering other nations and exiling the people and training them in a new culture and making themselves great. The Babylonians were powerful, but so also were the Medes and the Persians who conquered the Babylonians and all the way to the west, all the way over towards Greece. They were mighty and powerful. And then you have the Greeks themselves, Alexander the Great, who's an important figure in our lesson today, surprisingly, Alexander the Great, known as the Great because he was such a powerful conqueror. Following in the footsteps of his father, Alexander set out to conquer the whole world. And he was so successful. He was so successful that they feared him all over the world, although his army was small. He defeated the Persian and Median army. They had 200,000 soldiers, and he defeated them with with a mere 50,000 soldiers. He was this advanced strategist. He used all of these techniques and battle strategies in order to win the war. So he would send some soldiers ahead, and they were called sacrificial pawns, some soldiers ahead who were destined to die, that would draw the army over and uh, reveal the the weaknesses of the flanks of the opposing army, and they would come through with their 50,000 soldiers, and Alexander would conquer. And twice, Darius The king of the Medes and the Persians, twice Darius had to flee on his chariot because Alexander was so great. But you heard it from the psalm. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. If you ask the historians, if you ask the military strategists, they would say that the reason Alexander was so successful, why Greece was so powerful, was because of his might, because of his strength. But what does the psalmist say? It wasn't by his own might, his own strength, his strategy, that he was able to defeat anyone. But it was according to the will of the Lord. Alexander had his sacrificial pawns, the soldiers that he would send into battle to die. But God has his pawns as well. And among them are these great nations, 
these supposedly great kings, these empires, they are pawns in the hands of God who governs the nations and governs history for your good. That's the lesson today. Daniel chapter 8 is full of all kinds of perplexing imagery, just as Daniel chapter 7 was. Last week, remember, we had that vision of those four beasts. We had a leopard and a bear. We had all kinds of strange animals and a fourth beast that wasn't really very describable. All kinds of strange imagery. Well, today we have another strange set of images. A ram with two horns, one greater than the other, which represents the Medes and the Persians, that conquering army. When Daniel had this vision, it was in the third year of the reign of Belshazzar, who was the Babylonian king. So Daniel was seen into the future. He saw what was coming on the Babylonians. The Medes and the Persians would conquer them. But then this other animal, this goat, with one conspicuous horn, a unicorn goat, came and wiped out the ram. The ram couldn't stand in front of him. That's Alexander, Alexander the Great. Daniel saw in this vision this animal representing what was coming. So Daniel knew, and it was troubling for him. He didn't quite understand it. He asked for help, and Gabriel explained, the same Gabriel likely, who showed up to proclaim to Mary and to Joseph about the birth of Jesus. The angel explained, these are the Medes and the Persians, this is Greece, but notice what is going to happen. Their times and their seasons and the extent of their conquest and the duration of the people of God having to suffer, that is all in God's hand. It's all according to his will. Notice what kind of animals these are, a ram and a goat. They're sacrificial animals. Although they have all kinds of strength, although they do kinds of, all kinds of damage, they are to be sacrificed. They're set apart for holy service to God, and that is exactly how the nations are in God's hands. They're controlled by him, governed by him, Their paths are determined by him. Although they think, these kings and these emperors, they think that they're in control, it is the Lord who has set the boundaries. 2,300 evenings and mornings, that's all. That's the limit. God foreordained it. They would go to and fro from east to west, but no farther than the bounds that God could give them. Yes, they would bring desolation on the people of Israel. The sacrificial offerings would stop. The daily sacrifice, the sanctuary, would be destroyed. The temple leveled. Yes, but only until God said enough. Only until he determined that the transgression was complete. Truth would be gone from the land only so long as the Lord determined it. It was all according to God's providence. Here's how Daniel put it in chapter 2, a few chapters ago. He said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. And that is one of the most hopeful things that the people of God can hear. Far too often, we think that our lives both in the details of our lives and in the grand scope of history, we think that it is just fortune or luck or chance. Or we think that we're in control. But look, it is the Lord who has moved everything, who has moved everything for our good. Listen to how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 8. Paul is talking about suffering for the sake of Jesus, all kinds of suffering that the people of God endure. And he says... We know that for those who love God, 
all things work together for good. And he doesn't just mean the things that you can see, the things that you wonder about, the things that you struggle with, but he means all things. All things work together for good. For those who love God and are called according to their purpose, all things, Darius and the Medes and the Persians and Alexander and the Greeks and the Romans and the Babylonians and all of it is for your good. God has determined the course of history. He has governed the course of this world for your sake. The great and mighty of this world who think themselves to be much, they are just God's sacrificial pawns. But you, you are the ones he regards. You're the ones he's looking at. This is great news from the psalm. The Lord looks down from heaven and he sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants, he who fashions the hearts of all of them and observes all their deeds, and on you he has shown favor. It is you who are blessed because the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is Lord. Blessed are you whom he has chosen to be his heritage. You were chosen in holy baptism. He put his name on you, the same name that he put on his people from of old, the same name at which every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Alexander and Darius and all of the rest of them, they will bow at his name, a name that you bear because he has chosen you and he's ordained this world for your good. No one in the world can understand that. In fact, the world looks at our lives as uh, as being trivial or insignificant, just like little specks of dust in the grand scheme of things, stardust on this planet. But that's not true at all of you, God's beloved children. After all, he sent his own son to die for you, to redeem you and give you life. If he's willing to do that, then certainly moving mountains, moving nations, governing the course of history, all of that is what he will gladly do for your sake. To God alone be all glory now and forever. Amen.